0: morning. I'm excited about today, excited about uh, what God's been doing and and just how God's been working in our church lately and and excited about um, how I believe he's going to work today and I've been praying all week that he would speak to our hearts and uh, as we're in his word that he would just begin to speak to us and we would hear his voice and today as we continue the How Do I series we're actually going to be looking at how do we hear God, Um, how do we know when it's God and, and what does God speak to us for? Why would God speak to us? And so I want to talk about that today. We're actually going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 3. If you have you want to turn there, um, if not, it'll be on the screen. But uh, anyway, we're going to be looking at that. Um, 1 Samuel chapter 3 uh, is about a young man by the name of Samuel. And Samuel was a prophet uh, in, in, uh, to Israel. And Samuel's life was really interesting. His mother was a lady by the name of Hannah. And Hannah could not have children. And she would go and worship the Lord. And, and uh, year after year, she would pray and ask God that he would give her a child. And he ended up blessing her with Samuel. And she had prayed that if God would give her a child, she would dedicate his whole life to serving him. At, in, and serving him particularly at the altar where people would go to worship. And so when Samuel was born, once he got to a certain age, still a young um, child, She took him to a man by the name of Eli. Eli was the priest at that time. And he began to serve under Eli. And we're going to pick up there as Eli has has really trained him in doing the work of God. Eli also had two sons who, they they basically had no character. They were bad characters. They they would basically steal from the offerings uh, and the sacrifices that people were making. Um, They were actually sleeping with uh, the women who would come and work there. Uh, at the altar and, and so they were doing a lot of bad things. So God had planned for Eli's family to be uh, the priests for, for forever. and But because of the things that they did, he removed them and he put Samuel in their place. And if you read through 1 Samuel, you'll see how God uses Samuel in incredible ways. And I feel like this, I know we're not called to be Old Testament priests. But there's a lot of things we can learn from Samuel about hearing God, especially as we take some of the things that God uh, did through Samuel, and we look at how God does those now through through Jesus, and especially now through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we look at that through the New Testament and, and through that lens. And so I want to read just the first verse there in 1 Samuel chapter 3, and then we're going to pray and we'll get into this message. It says, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. So let's pray, God, thank you for your word. Thank you that it speaks to our hearts. Thank you, God, for your spirit that we have if we're believers in Christ and always surrender our lives and have trusted him in faith. God, if you've given us your spirit to lead us and guide us and to speak to us, Lord. And God, as we open your word, I pray that your spirit, Lord, in us and in this room would illuminate your truth. God, creating us a hunger to hear your voice, creating us a hunger to do your will, creating us a hunger to know you more and to fulfill the purposes that you've given us in our lives. God, we love you and we thank you that even though you've created everything that we see, God, you still care for each of us. You're still intricately involved in our lives. Thank you for that, God. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, how many of you are talkative people? You like to talk. Any talkative people in here today? I like talkative people because then I don't have to talk, right? And so how many of you are like me and you just don't say much? You, just sit, you could sit in a room. I could drive from here to Atlanta with you. I could drive from here to Atlanta even with my wife not say anything, not because I don't like you or like her, but because it's just my personality. I don't know if it's because I was an only child and I didn't have anybody hardly to talk to. I don't know what the reason for it is. It's just how I was made. But the reality of it is I'm not real talkative. I talk probably as much in the 40 or so minutes that I'm up here every week, and I do the whole week, right? And so I'm just not that talkative. That can create some issues in relationships, right? Uh, and My wife, she likes to talk. She wants to hear about my day. She wants to talk about things that are going on. She, she wants to talk, and I just don't talk that much, and so I have to make an effort to talk, and, and, and the reality of it is, though, that when we come to our relationship with God and we're communicating with God, it takes both. We talked about um, prayer last week, and we talked about praying missional prayers, praying for God's kingdom to come and what that looks like. So we do pray to God. We talk to God. We, we uh Cast our cares on God. We pray for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray all of those things. Uh, But there's also a time where we need to listen to God. So we're talking and listening, and God is speaking, and, and so we need to be able to hear the Lord. But as I was preparing this, one of the things that I thought about, even as I read that first verse, is this, that it says that the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions in that day. And I started thinking about that. Is that the case for us now uh, as New Testament believers, as followers of Jesus? Is the word of the Lord rare? Is God speaking to us rare? Here's the question I would propose first is does God speak today? Does God speak? And, and, and the reality of it is that I believe, yes, God still speaks to his people. There are a lot of uh, really intelligent um, pastors and theologians who believe that God doesn't speak to us anymore, um, that, that believe that the Holy Spirit doesn't do a whole lot uh, anymore. The thing that I would tell you is I don't see that in Scripture, and we're going to look at some Scriptures where God speaks not, not just to the apostles or the 12 disciples, but God speaks to Ordinary believers who he's doing extraordinary things through. And we're going to look at some of those examples in just a minute. The thing I would tell you, though, is not only does Scripture seem to testify that God speaks to ordinary believers, the people who follow Christ and have the Spirit of God, but in my own life, I don't know how I would have made it and would make it if God didn't speak to me, if he didn't lead me and guide me. Certainly in the, 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 the planting and starting of this church, I don't know how we would have done it. I don't know how um, we would have made it if we didn't have God to guide us. Because it wasn't like someone was telling us what to do. It's always been, and I've always told you guys this, that it's listening to God and doing what he says. And so we would just try to listen and follow his leading. And it's still how we do this today as we try to lead um, this church and, and lead and follow ourselves into God's will and what he wants us to do. And so I want us to look real quick at some scriptures in the book of Acts. And in Acts, uh, we see where God begins to speak to people and he begins to lead them to do the things that he created them to do, the things that his will desires and the things that um, need to be done for the kingdom to advance. If you look in Acts chapter 8, Beginning in verse 26, you see a man by the name of Philip. Uh, Philip, this is not um, uh, Philip the Apostle. This is not um, anyone other than a person who is seeking the Lord and is filled with the Spirit of God. And you see in verse 26 where God begins to speak to Philip. And it says, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Kandag, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. And listen, the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. And so Philip was given instructions as to how he was to follow God and what he was to do. If you look over just in Acts chapter 9, after Saul's conversion, he would become Paul the apostle. He's blinded by a great light as Jesus reveals himself to him. He's gone blind. If you read in verse 10, it says, in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias. He says, yes, Lord. And and then God goes on to tell him what to do. He tells him to go to Saul, go to him and pray for him and, and to tell him about Jesus, and he goes. He doesn't want to go because he knows what Saul's been doing to the Christians as he's persecuted them, but he follows God's leading. He follows the word of God, and he goes and does what God has told him to do, and so we see Ananias being told exactly what God wants him to do. If you look over in Acts chapter 10, you see a man by the name of Cornelius who was a Gentile. The Jews didn't believe that the Gentiles were on the same level as them. A Gentile is anyone who's not Jewish. And so they believed that there was a difference God is going to reveal to them that there's not. It says in chapter 10, verse 1, At Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. In other words, he's seeking the Lord. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord, he asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man by the name of Simon who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. Not only does God speak to Cornelius as he's praying, but he then speaks to Peter as he's praying. And he gives Peter a vision that's showing Peter basically that nothing that God's created is unclean. He's telling him that the Gentiles, he's accepted them too. And he's trying to get Peter to see this. In verse 19 and 20, it says, while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the vision that he saw basically when he was praying, the Spirit said to him, Simon. Three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Then, if you look over in verse or chapter 13, verse one, it says, "Now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers: Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, that guy whose name starts with an N, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul." And so there's. Saul and Barnabas, there's these other believers, these other gifted people, these other people who have the Spirit of God and who's speaking to them. It says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, if you read the book of Acts, it's full of times when the Holy Spirit said, and it says, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And so I wanted you to see some of these examples. Each of those are, yes, in the book of Acts, and, and, but they show us where God spoke to ordinary people. It wasn't just to the apostles. He spoke to others. Now, the, here's the thing I want to caution you on. People have done a lot of really stupid things because they said God told them to. What we've got to look at and see is that nothing that God reveals to us is on the same level as Scripture. God's not going to add to this book But what we can take away from that is that God, as we begin to understand his word, as we begin to understand who he is more, as we begin to grow closer to him, he does reveal how we are to carry out his will. He speaks to our hearts and he shows us things. He He still continues to talk to us. And what I want you to understand, this is incredible to me, this is awesome, is that God wants to be intimately involved in your life so that you can be faithfully involved involved in his plan and his mission to the world. And so it's got a purpose, and we're gonna look at that more here in a minute. But God continues to speak. Uh, a lot of times people will say that the book of Acts is something that only happened for that time. I don't see where scripture teaches us that. I don't see where that's at in the Bible. And, and, and the, the, the reality of it is that, that for centuries after Christ, The Holy Spirit has been speaking and leading people in their lives and and showing them how they are to live and the things that they are to do according to his word. If you look back now at 1 Samuel chapter 3, and I want to read to you verses 2 through 10. It says, one night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered here, here I am. And he ran to to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. If he calls, you say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. When I read those verses, I thought about this question of how do we hear God? You see, Samuel, God is speaking to him, but he's not recognizing the voice of God. How does God speak to us? And, and, and how do we Hear His voice. And I want to give you four ways that I believe that God speaks to us that we see in Scripture. And the first way is this, that God speaks to us through His Word. And I'll tell you, this is the primary means that God speaks to us today. He he reveals Himself and He reveals his, His will very clearly through the Word of God. The problem is we don't spend a lot of time in God's Word. But God does speak to us. and as we, as we read the word of God, his spirit in us illuminates the word of God. Doing what Jesus said he would do teaches us the truth. Um, it becomes our teacher and shows us um, the things of God and reveals God more to us as we read his word. Then we're to become obedient to what God has shown us. And so we grow in that as we spend time in God's word and understand that the Bible is the complete revelation of God, his nature, his character, his plan of redemption and reconciliation of the world to himself. And so we get to know God, we get to know his will, we get to know who he is and what he's like through his word. So many times I hear people say this, I want, I just wish I knew God's will so I would know what to do. And oftentimes people sit idly, waiting on God to tell them something to do. But the reality of it is for us that the Bible is full of God's will. It's full of instructions. It's full of things that he's already told us to do. We shouldn't sit oddly by not doing anything for God or waiting on uh, some, some miraculous sign when God's already given us a miraculous sign in Jesus and given us his word and will in the Bible. There's plenty for us to be doing. And the thing I've seen in my own life The thing I see in scriptures, I'm going to show you in just a second, is if we'll do the will of God as he's revealed it, he will guide us and lead us as we walk through life. He will get us to the right place at the right time if we are in tune with him, and he will show us the things that he wants us to do. Back in the book of Acts... I'm not going to read him, just going to tell you about it, just for the sake of time. In Acts chapter 16, if you go and look at verses 6 through 10, something that happens there is Paul is doing what God has told him to do. Paul knew that he was called to be the apostle to the Gentiles. In other words, he knew he was called to preach the gospel to those who, who were outside of the Jewish um, faith, who were outside of, of, of being an ethnic Jew. He knew he was called to preach to the Gentiles, and he's going and doing that, he's traveling all over the known world going and preaching the gospel winning people to the Lord strengthening the churches that that he plants and all of these things and so He's, he's preaching the gospel to them. But the Bible tells us in those verses that he was about to go into Asia to preach the gospel. You can think about Paul as he's, he's looking, he sees Gentiles. He's like, I'm going to go preach to them. He's doing the will of God. But the Bible says that God stopped him. The spirit of God spoke to him and told him not to go there. He starts to go into Messiah. And, and, and again, it says the spirit of Jesus told him, don't go in there. That, that night as he's resting, he has a vision of a man in Macedonia speaking to him and saying, come here. And so he then discerns that God wants him to go to Macedonia and proclaim the word. And so he goes and he begins to preach the gospel there. So many times, if we will listen and we're just doing the revealed will of God according to what he's revealed to us in his word and what he's shown us in his word, he will lead and guide and instruct us to get us to the right place at the right time to do the right thing. Um, it, he, he oftentimes will, will give us stop signs to tell us, whoa, he'll give us a green light to tell us to stop. The other night, um, I was sound asleep, it was like 2.30 in the morning, and my middle son, Jackson, he, he knocks over a cup that was on the bedside table where he was sleeping. In, and, and we've got these hard floors in our house. And so when he knocks this cup over, it hits the ground and it makes this really loud noise. And so um, our alarm system, it detects broken glass. And so when it hits the ground, it makes this loud noise. Our alarm system determines that a window has been broken. And so the alarm goes off at 2.30 in the morning. We're sound asleep. And this has happened a couple of times. And I remember jumping up out of bed and not really knowing where I am, but something in me saying, there's danger. Like, you need to do something about this. And so I guess my manly instincts, they they kick in. And I'm like, fight, right? I'm, I'm gonna defend my family. And so I've got, literally, I've got a gun like 10 feet from my bed. I've got the shells 10 feet from my bed. And instead of grabbing that, for some reason, in my panic, I start running out of the room to figure out where this is, where this person is, and I grab the covers off of the bed. And it, I don't know, I don't know what I was going to do with the covers. I just was going to throw it over their head, but I start running with the covers, and Jackson comes out. And he's like, "Dad, Dad, it was a cup. It was a cup." And so. Finally, I kind of wake up and realize what was going on, and, and then you never go back to sleep after that, and so I'm going to lay there. But, but the reality of it is it's like that alarm went off. It woke me up, and so many times God will, will wake us up by speaking to us and, and telling us stop or telling us go or, or just leading us in that way. And so I want you to see that as we're in God's word, as we're doing the revealed will of God, as we're doing the things that he's already shown us, he guides us, he leads us, he shows us the things that he wants us to be about through his word. I know when we were starting the church and before we knew to start the church, I was just seeking God. I was reading the Bible and and asking God to reveal what it was he wanted us to do. And I remember reading in 1 Samuel chapter 10 where Samuel had instructed Saul, who was the first king of Israel, He said, these things are going to happen to you. He told him some things that were going to happen. And he said, once these things have happened to you, do all that your hand finds to do for God is with you. And I remember reading that, and it was like a light went off in my heart, and I didn't hear the audible voice of God, okay? I've never heard the audible voice of God like I hear when I talk to you. That would freak me out, And, and you'd never believe me, so I think God knows I wouldn't tell you anyway. And so... I don't. Uh, I, I've never heard that, but I have had God impress upon my heart on things that He would want me to do or to lead me to do. And as I was reading His Word, I, I, I it felt like just a light went off in my heart, and I knew what God was telling us to do. He confirmed that through some other people, and we began to start the church. But the reality of it is, I've had to go back to that so many times in the last nine years, and say, God. Can you tell me that again and going back to that scripture, going back to that time so that I could continue doing what God wanted me to do when things were hard, when things were challenging, when things were difficult. I could go back to that and say, this is what God told me to do. I know I'm doing what God wants me to do. If you look and you go on through scripture and you see another way that God speaks is that God speaks through prayer. If you look back at Acts chapter 10 with Cornelius and you look at Peter, they were praying and God spoke to them about what to do. He spoke very clearly to them about what they were to do. We talked a lot about prayer last week and we talked about missional prayer, but there's also the aspect of prayer that we're spending time with God and listening to his voice, realizing that prayer is not like this religious activity that we just do, but prayer is part of a relationship. With God, is part of of talking, yes, but it's part of listening. It's part of letting God speak to us. And prayer, especially, is when God speaks, is when we're prayerfully reading his word. Remember the primary way that God speaks. And so we're prayerfully reading his word, and God's revealing things to us. He's showing us who he is and what he's like and, and his will for our lives. And so we prayerfully read the word. We don't just read it to get it done. We read it to hear his voice speak to us as the spirit illuminates the truth in our lives. And so we pray and we listen and we hear God speak. We pray and we read and we hear God speak as God leads us and guides us in that way so that we can do the things that he has created us to. so we can be strengthened to do the things that he's created us to do as we pray and read his word. Another way that God speaks to us is through community. This is huge. It's huge for us to be in community with other believers so that we can hear truth from them. The Bible instructs us to speak truth to one another and specifically to speak truth so that we can grow into the people in the church, the body of Christ that God wants us to be. The Bible teaches us that we are the body of Christ. We can't do this on our own. And one of the reasons we can is because we need to hear God through other people as they speak truth, as they speak the word into our lives. It's important for us to hear that. And in all these other ways, whether it's prayer or community, whatever it may be, we always have to remember that God's main primary way of communication, the way he really speaks to us so many times is through the Bible. And he's not going to speak something to us That not in line with what he's already spoken and this is important especially as we look at being in community with people because I don't know if you've noticed this but there's some weird Christians out there and and you might be one of them like if you don't know people who are weird that are Christians it's you right and so the reality of it is people will tell you some cuckoo things and it will be done in the name of the Lord. Thus says the Lord. God told me to tell you. And especially as a pastor, I have people come and tell me some crazy stuff. And you know, I see you in a purple room with pink curtains and there's gold. And I'm just like, what? And they finish and I'm like, I have no idea what they just said. And so you hear things. But the reality of it is God wants us to speak truth into each other's lives. He wants us to to use his truth to teach and to rebuke, to correct, to train. All of those things that 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us. But the reality of it is we've got to pass those things through the word of God. If it doesn't line up with scripture, it's not God. And so don't get led astray. Don't get... uh, uh, taking advantage of, don't get manipulated by someone who uses, thus says the Lord, if it doesn't line up with Scripture. And so when people come to me and they begin to speak things to me, they begin to tell me things. Some of the things that I do are this. The first thing I do is I ask this question. Does, do they love God and is there evidence that they love God in their lives? I've had people come to me and tell me things that I should or shouldn't do, but when I look at their lives, I'm like, why would I listen to you? There's no evidence that they even love the Lord or have a relationship with God. The second thing I ask is this. Do they love me and want God's will to be done in my life? And it's got to be in that order because they got to love God more than they love you. They got to be willing to tell you the truth. They got to be more, more um, interested in God's will being done than your will being done. And they got to be willing to speak that into your life. And so do they love me? Do they want God's will to be done in my life? The next one is, does it line up with God's word? If it doesn't, I don't listen. I just keep doing what God's told me to do. And then I ask this, does what they're saying line up with what God's already revealed to me? When I look at how God speaks through community and other believers, typically it's something that confirms what God's already been showing you through prayer and the word. So that God uses other believers. When we were, were praying about starting the church, um, I had just read that scripture in 1 Samuel 10. I was sitting there and, and God was beginning to put this in my heart. And I remember my phone rang. And I answered the phone. It was a friend of mine. He said, what are you doing? I said, believe it or not, I'm actually praying about what God wants me to do. And I'm feeling like he wants us to start a church in Statesboro. And he said this just as fast as I said that. He said, I've been waiting on you. And it was one of those things that I go back to and I think about that God was already speaking this to other people in the same way. And it was something that he used to confirm what he had already shown me. And so, so many times God can confirm what he's leading us to through other people as they're speaking truth into our lives. The last way I want to talk about today that I believe God speaks is that God speaks through his work around us. If you look at John chapter 5, 17 through 20, Jesus says that the father is always working. He says that he only does what the father does. And so God is always at work around us. One way that what God's speaking to us can be confirmed is as we see God's work and his hand and his kingdom advancing around us. And so we look and we see God has been leading me to this. This is what I see God doing. And we begin to join him in his plan as he begins to reveal himself and what his plan is and what he wants to do as he's working around us especially as we're in prayer and the word and God's revealing his heart, revealing his will, revealing his character and nature to us and we begin to feel God leading us, then we begin to see God working around us and his plan being unfolded. Sometimes though people talk about it this way. They're like, well, God opened this door and so I walked through it. Or God closed this door so I didn't do that. And sometimes God does open doors. We see that in scripture and it's God leading us to do something. But sometimes it may not be God. It just might be an opportunity. Sometimes a closed door doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. It just means there's a challenge. There's an obstacle that God might want to remove or walk you through. And the reality for us is this, that we need to not just look at open doors and say, well, there's an opportunity. That's what God wants me to do. We've got to discern is this God leading me? Is it in line with His Word? Is it in line with what He's been doing? Is it in line with the, the guidance and wisdom of other believers that they're, they're, they're speaking into my life? Is it in line with, with the, what He's been speaking to me in prayer and His Word? And, and not just jumping through every open door or stopping because it seems that a door is closed. The reality of it is for us, That if we had stopped every time there was an obstacle in our way, we would have quit with the church a long time ago. There's always obstacles and challenges when we're doing the work of God. But when God speaks to us through his word, when God speaks to us in prayer, when God confirms that through other believers, when God confirms that through the way he's working around us in our lives, we can go back to those things. We can go back to that scripture and we can continue even in the face of adversity to do what he's called us to do because we are convinced and we know what God has told us. And so it's important for us to know what God's heart is, what his will is, what he wants to do. The more we're praying and in God's word, the more we're able to recognize his heart, the more we're able to recognize his voice, the more we're able to recognize his leading. And so we begin to learn and hear God speak clearly as we spend time with him in his word. We can't come to the Bible as if it's a history book. We come to it looking at it as the living word of God, which the Bible says it is that as we interact with it it interacts with us and it speaks to us and teaches us and instructs us and shows us the heart and will of God as we're we're we're, we're following him real quickly i want to talk about why god speaks to us why Why does the God of the universe, who created everything that we see and everything that we even can't see, that goes on for light years, right? Why does that God take such an interest in speaking to us? If you look at uh, 1 Samuel 3, back at verses 7 through 10, the, the, the verse 7 says this. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. If you go down to verse ten, it says the Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, "Speak, for your servant is listening." One of the reasons that God speaks to His people um, as, as He reveals Himself is to invite us. Is to invite. Is to invite us into a deeper relationship with God. Is to invite us closer into fellowship with him, into a deeper revelation of who he is. It says that Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet come to him. What they're saying is this. He'd been doing a lot of work for the Lord. He'd been doing the right things. In fact, one of the things that made his heart able to hear God was his willingness to serve God, was his submission to the guidance and wisdom of those people who were guiding him spiritually, his parents, and, and even uh, the, the the Eli. And then his faithfulness to God had created him this ability, this heart that was sensitive to God's will. And so we see that even though uh, he'd been doing the work of God, God had not yet revealed himself fully to him. He hadn't entered into this intimate relationship with God so that he could do everything God wanted him to do. And so God invites him into a deeper fellowship, a deeper relationship with him. So that he can then become the prophet that God wants him to be. And so we see Samuel invited into a deeper relationship, a new relationship, a relationship that ultimately we're going to see is going to transform him and the ministry that God's called him to. But without a relationship with God, we're not going to hear, we're not going to recognize his voice. We may hear, but we don't recognize it. But the more we prayerfully read his word and God speaks to us and reveals himself through his word... We're more able to recognize his voice. If you look at verses 11 through 14, and the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever. Because of the sin he knew about, his sons blasphemed God and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. The second reason that God speaks to us, and we see this here in these verses, is for God to inform us and basically to tell us his intentions, to tell us his plan. It's God's plan revealed to us. And so God speaks to us to show us what he's going to do, to to tell us what his plans are. And so we see where God speaks and he spoke to Samuel. We see in the New Testament where God spoke to reveal his heart and his plan to other believers. And he wants us to become a part of that plan. So many times what happens is we kind of just live our lives and we go and do what we think is best and then we ask God to become a part of our plan. But the way it really should work, the way we see in scripture is that God reveals his plan and we become a part of it rather than us doing what we think is right and then asking God to bless the plan. And so we need to be listening. We need to be in his word. We need to be in prayer. We need to be in community. We need to watch how God's working around us so that we can understand the plan of God and how we fit into that. Verses 15 through 18. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son, Samuel answered, here I am. Why was it, what was it that he said to you? Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely. If you hide from me anything, he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The third way, reason that God speaks to us is to transform us, to make us this new creation through his spirit and through his word. And we see that God's power is revealed in this. We see that God reveals himself in us. It's Christ in us. It's the spirit of God in us, speaking to us, transforming us. It's a heart change that takes place when we come to faith in Jesus. We see the power of God in us, working in us to give us boldness and to give us wisdom, to give us direction, to proclaim the gospel. We see this in Samuel's life. If you notice, there's a change that takes place as God's word comes to Samuel. Samuel was the one who was being taught by Eli. Eli and all these years he'd been under Eli and yet God's word comes to him and then you begin to see Eli depending on the word of God coming from Samuel there was a transition that happened there was a transformation that took place and as God speaks to us as he reveals himself to us, as he fills us with his spirit, he begins to show us who he is and in us there becomes something different, a boldness that's there to proclaim the gospel, to do his work, to do the things that he wants us to do. You see that Samuel went from not really knowing and having an intimate relationship with God not recognizing God's word to being a mighty prophet proclaiming the message of God We don't see that just in the life of Samuel, but we see that also when Jesus calls uh, the apostles to follow him, the first disciples. He takes fishermen, tax collectors. He takes zealots. He takes all these different people, and he calls them to follow him, and, and they begin to proclaim his message. Once the Spirit of God comes upon them on the day of Pentecost, and they're filled with the Spirit, they become bold, and they proclaim the message of the gospel. And we see a transformation take place as they had the revelation of who Jesus is, God's heart. God's will, what he wants us to do God's plan, they join that in power, doing the things that God wanted them to do as God transformed them, not only does God call fishermen to, to proclaim his message, but he called a roofer to proclaim his message, I don't know if some of you know this, some of you maybe knew I was, a roof, I was in the roofing business for 10 years before I became a preacher if God can call a roofer to be a preacher, he can call anybody right? If God can give a root for the ability to do anything, he can call anybody. And so the thing I want you to see is that God still does this. He still transforms our heart. He still empowers. He still speaks. He still guides. He still leads. He wants to be intimately related with us so that we can be faithfully a part of his plan. The last thing I'm going to tell you today, the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. And he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Bathsheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. And Samuel's word came to all Israel. The last reason that God speaks, as we see here in 1 Samuel chapter 3, is to commission us, to, to, to bring us into his plan. God's plan for Samuel wasn't just to tell Eli that one message. His plan was to proclaim his word into all Israel. And we see that that's God's heart. And what I've seen is that people who have a revelation of God, people who love God, they want to show God off. They want other people to see God. I think about it kind of like I do with my own sons. I love my sons. I like to show them off. I like for people to see them. I like to, to talk about um, who they are. I like to talk about their hearts. I like to talk about who they're becoming. I like to talk about their abilities. It's fun for me because I'm proud of my children. But how much more should we be proud of? How much more should we want to show off? How much more should we want to tell people about the God who saved our soul, about the God who who has not an interest in my life, by the God who didn't leave me lost but came to find me and save me. How much more should we be telling folks and showing folks who God is? And as we love Him, as we learn about Him, as we see who He is, we become commissioned, we become sent to go into the world and proclaim the gospel. It doesn't get any more clear than Matthew 28 18 through 20. Where God tells us to go into the world and make disciples and baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We see God's will, we see God's heart so we can't sit on the excuse I don't know what God wants me to do. If nothing else, we know this that God has called me, God has empowered me God has sent me to make other followers of himself to proclaim the message of the gospel the message of Jesus to tell others about who he is and to show them the reality of God in my life. And so we come to a place that We have to see that God has clearly revealed himself and his will and his heart through scripture. Now we have heard God. It's time to do what he says. But so many times we sit on our hands thinking that God's going to give us a burning bush. I'm not telling you that he won't. I've never had that experience. But I'm telling you that God speaks very clearly through his word. He speaks clearly through prayer as we read his word. He confirms that so many times as we are are in community with other believers and as we look at what he's doing around us, he shows us his heart, his will, his plan, his life, and then he empowers us to accomplish that through him. And, And listen, it's really about being dependent on God. It's about listening. It's about growing closer to him. And we know this, that apart from God, we can do nothing. But scripture tells us that through him, we can do all things. Everything that he has in mind, everything that he has planned, we can accomplish for his glory. But whose glory do we want to live for? Whose voice do we want to follow? How bad do we want to even hear God? And honestly, sometimes we don't want to hear God because we're afraid of what he might say. We're afraid he might impinge on our agenda. Sometimes we can't hear God because of the sin in our life. We're going one way, he's going another. So many times we don't give him time to speak. And yet, if there's anything I could tell you, if there was one thing I could say to you, if there was any message I could preach to you, I really believe this would be it. Because it's so much about the relationship with God. And the reality of it is for us, if we are in Christ, if we have salvation through Jesus, if we have faith in him, if God has shown us who Jesus is and and revealed himself to us through Jesus, we've heard God speak. Your salvation is there because God has spoken to you and revealed to you who he is through the spirit. The spirit reveals the Son. The father sends the spirit. To reveal him in us. And so my heart today is this. That we would be people who listen to God and do what he says. Maybe for you today the first thing is just coming to the, the realization that God wants to speak to me. Even to you. Yet you. Me. Maybe it's, listen, God's already told you something. But you need to take your next step and do what he's told you. Maybe it's being more intentional in Scripture, in the Word, and prayer, and community. That's why connect groups are so important to us. Community is huge. Maybe we need to pray for God to open our eyes to where He's already working. So we can join Him in what He's doing. I don't know what that is for you, but this is what I'm going to pray this morning. That we would hear and have ears to hear and hearts that are sensitive to the will of God. Their hearts would be like the heart of Samuel, be like the heart of those disciples, be like the heart of the people that we read about in the book of Acts, and that God would speak to us. And so I want to pray, and my hope is that you would pray too, and we would ask God to continue to lead and speak to us and guide us into his will through his word, through prayer, through community, and through watching how he's working around us. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for Who you are, what you do. God, I thank you that you invite us to be a part of your plan. You invite us not just to do the works. But God, you invite us into a deeper relationship with you to know you. God, I pray that we wouldn't take that for granted, but that we would take advantage of that opportunity to know you and to glorify you. I pray that our hearts would be to show you off. And God, I pray that you would lead us in how to do that. I pray you would speak to us through your word. I pray that you would speak to us through prayer. Uh, speak to us through each other. Give us wisdom and discernment. God, as we we, we look and see you working around. us and how we can join you and join what you're doing lord god i pray that um in all things we would be sensitive to your leading sensitive to your word and sensitive to your will god speak to our hearts i don't just let us trust that you are who you say you are and you will do what you say you will do and god we will give you all the glory as you lead us and guide us and we have the opportunity to show you to the world We love you. Thank you that you speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you guys. Let's listen to the Lord. Let's do what he says. Hope you have a great week.